0: You know, I just wanted to tell you guys that, you know, we're blessed in the midst of every situation. We're blessed when things are good. We're blessed when things are not going our way. We're blessed. Do you know that a lot of people go, well, Dusty, how can that be? How can we be blessed when things aren't going our way? Well, guess what? It's about to end. You know, it's about to end. I want to say it again. It's about to end. There is a place on the other side of where you're at. Do you know that there is nothing that Satan and the world can throw at us that there's not an end? Do you know that also sometimes in the midst of where we're at, we're going to become stronger? You know, Jesus didn't say that we weren't going to have trials. Because we are. Do you know that the word trials there means to to learn something? Means in the midst of a trial, in the midst of something that is going on, then we learn how to get out of that thing. You know, I've had plenty of trials in my life where I've messed up. But do you know that I've also had the opportunity after I went through that trial and said, hey, I'll never get into that again, that I saw it coming and said, not going to do it. You know, every single time, and this is not a political statement, but every single time we've had a, a political change, going from a physically conservative to a liberal spend all you can, can get and then go and find some more to spend type of economies, I've seen my money and my stock market accounts go up and down and up and down based upon people that are in the office. It's just true. I mean, it's a little bit like in your own household right now. If you go out and you get a credit card and you go and you put $40,000 worth of credit card debt on there, and then now you're spending eight, $900 a month trying to pay it off, pay the minimums, what's gonna happen? Eventually, you gotta go get another credit card and you gotta keep spending. Because if you want to keep that lifestyle going, you got to do it. Well, you know what? I know, without a shadow of a doubt, when I see those indicators, those market things, then I go and I change where my money is. I love this guy. I I listen to him uh, from time to time um, on on the radio in the mornings on Saturdays. But he, he was talking about defensive stocks. Now, you may be going, Dusty, did I tune in for a a financial, uh, you know, class? The answer is no. But what I want you to understand is, is that God puts defensive stocks in for us. Do you know that when we see these indicators, these market indicators, that we can start going, I've seen this before. I know where this is going. And I know that I can go and do something about it. You know, it's a little bit like, and, and by, by all means, I'm not one of these people that's like go buy, go buy uh, you know, a bunch of food and build a bunker. But, you know, the number one thing that when you're listening to those radio ads or those TV ads where it's like, you know, go buy your 15, you know, 15 five-gallon buckets of, you know, create your own bread. It's 2,000 calories a, you know, a day or whatever. Do you know that whenever they're saying that, they're like, always plan for your future. Well, they're, number one, going on our fears. So I'm not for that. But number two, there's some truth behind planning for your future. There's, there is a, there's a need for us to win its blue skies for us to go ahead and save something back. You know, That's why the Lord put it on my heart this over the last few weeks as we've been talking about the, you know, faith and, and we started talking about our authority that, that he put into my heart that we need to plan for our vision. Now, typically most people, if you've ever been in worth of faith churches or anything, they start talking about this stuff in January, but you know, the Lord hit me this week and said, when do you start planning your budgets at work? i plan them in the fall you know that that we need to in the blue sky plan for everything that is coming in the future we need to understand what the next things that we need to plan for you know right now right now there is a bunch of market issues that are going to happen because inflation's going nuts Now, this is not just a physical thing like a a financial issue. This This is something that you may have blue skies with your family. You may have blue skies right now with your friends. You may have blue skies with your job. And you know what? In the midst of that, that's when we need to go talk to the Lord and say, Lord, show me what it is that I can do to keep this relationship. What can I do next to keep my finances where they need to be? Father, show me opportunities. Put me in a place to understand. In, in this physical year end that we have for most businesses, we go and we plan for what 2023 is going to look like. Well, why would that be any different for us? In each and every one of our lives, we need to plan for what 2023 is going to be like now. We need to understand what God has for us next year. I know I've talked to several of y'all. Y'all are looking at buying houses or or cars or or whatever it is. I mean, I was talking to a few of y'all last week when we were eating and it was like, yeah, I really need a car. Okay. Okay. We need to start believing God now. We need to start seeing those things which be not as though they were. We need to put our faith where our faith getter is. You know that faith getter? Our faith getter is this right here. I start speaking God's word over my situation. Do You know that every single time that I hear God's word, I get faith that builds that that measure of faith that's been on the inside of us. And see, what we have to understand is that every time I go to God and I say, God, this is some blue skies. I need to know what to do next. He's going to say, I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to put a plan together for you. But are you going to follow my plan? Are you going to follow your plan? Because some people may go, hey, I'm going to, This is what I want, and this is where I want to go, and this is how I want to do it. Well, if you do that, and you never went to God's plan, and you never got a vision for what God wanted in your life, then now you're working your plan. And your plan's as good as the world's plans. Believe me, I've got plenty of friends, I've got plenty of people that I know that are investors, that they lost lots of money in January and February. You know what? The Lord told me in January and February, move your money. So I did. You know, in January and February, he told me to start doing some stuff to prepare because my daughter is going to get married. (laughs) So I didn't do all the things that I was supposed to do or that I wanted to do. I wanted to go spend my own money the way I wanted to. But Kaylee had different plans for my money. But see, this is what I want you to understand is that if you listen to God's plan, he will tell you, hey, you need to save that money back. Don't do these things right now. Do these other things. See, because his plans are the good plans. Our plans are, I'd probably have put a swimming pool in my backyard or I would have went and, you know, I went and bought a motorcycle. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if it was just up to me. I mean, I might have had somebody else sitting on the front row here going, no, we're not going to do that. But, you know, I'm susceptible to my plans as much as anybody else. You know, Matthew 6.33 says that we seek first the kingdom of God, seeking His kingdom first, and He'll add all these other things to us. You know that when I seek first my own self, Man, I can can put a list of some really shiny things out there. I mean, I can get some nice things going. I mean, believe me. You know, I've been there and, you know, this guitar right here. Taylor, I went and gave away my other guitar when I went on. uh, I had a a Martin guitar. I gave that thing away when I was on my mission trip in 2017. And I told myself, I'm going to go buy me an acoustic guitar. Okay. So I come back to the Stateside, the first thing I did, like within a day or two of coming back was I went over to Bailey Brothers and I bought a Taylor guitar cause I've always wanted a Taylor guitar. Well, that thing costs more than most of the furniture in my house. Could I've gotten by with something much, much less? Absolutely. But that was my plan. And I was like, Lord, I've given away the other guitar. You just got to give me a pass on this one. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in nice places and do nice things. But sometimes God is giving you a vision for something because he knows what's coming. You know, if we didn't know the hurricane was coming, if this was 200 years ago, no one knows there's a hurricane out there if you don't have radar systems and all this other stuff. See, God is much more than just our Father. He's also, He knows what's going to happen. He's our radar system. He goes, hey, there's something bad coming. And I want you to be in the best place that you can be. So that's why I believe this is vitally important. This is vitally important for the people that are here, the people who are listening to us on our podcast On our live stream, I want you to take this seriously. I don't want you to walk away from this teaching going, I don't know, you know, oh, that was a nice little teaching, Dusty. No, 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 this is vitally important. This is something that Heather and I do every single year. Sometimes multiple times a year we talk about, what is our vision? Where are we going next? So I'm going to hit a couple of high notes, and then we're going to talk about how to write your vision, But I believe, without a shadow of doubt, God is giving this church and giving the people that are here, the people that are listening to us, He's giving us an insight in order to make 2023 better for you than it is for the world. I truly believe that. I believe God is telling us to put down some things and to speak some things and to do some things that are going to put us in a place to where we're going to be better off than the world's economy. The world system. Amen? That was really heavy. Okay? I'm going to try to lighten it up. So we're going to go to the first one here. Oh! Everybody loves this slide. This is the one that the kids always get all, all happy with. In Psalms 37, 4 and 5, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. This word delight right here means to be soft or pliable. It means that to delight yourself in the Lord means that I'm going to go His way and not my way. I'm not going to be rigid in the ways that I think and how I want to go about doing stuff. I'm going to be pliable to his ways. So when it says here, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. All he's basically saying is be pliable to my ways. Be pliable to my desires. And it's this word desires right here. This word right here is gala. And this means to wallow or roll oneself in it. It means to get yourself so wrapped up in it. To be like a pig in dirt and mud. How about that? Have you ever seen a pig roll around in dirt and mud? It's a little bit like this guy on the end right here. This guy on the end right here, he's already covered in mud. He just decided, hey, I'm just going to go and bury my head in it. Do you know that when we delight ourselves in the Lord and we get his desires... That means we wrap ourselves up so tightly in it that every single part of who we are, our vision, our plans, everything is in him and in him only. If we do that, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I've been there where I'm I'm trying to be flexible in one place and rigid in the other. You ever been flexible in one place and rigid in the other? i it, happens to, it happened to me this week. Lord, I want it to happen the way that I want it to happen. And I don't want it to be different. You know, the Lord told me something. He goes, you're not in control. He goes, you're out of control. Do you know what most people think out of control is? Foot on the gas, hands off the wheel. We're flying down the road at 120 miles an hour heading towards a you know, a ravine that's out of control. But really the, what the Lord kept telling me was that it's out of my control. You know, the world is out of your control. You know, your family is out of your control. Do you know that your finances are out of your control? You may say, well, no, I'm able to Handle my family and I'm able to handle my finances perfectly. Well, you know what? I I thought the same thing. Like I have a daughter. She's getting married. I mean, there's things that are out of my control. I mean, I'm trying my best to keep, you know, the financial part of of her getting married at a minimum. Right. But there's other things that come along and go. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to spend more money. But how about this? That's only one piece of it. Things are out of my control. I've got to release her out into the world. That's tough. Did I put enough into her for her to be able to go? I believe I did. But I'm putting her, shooting her out into the world, her and Micah, and saying, I'm just believing That God, whatever you have put into her, whatever I've put into her, that she's going to continue in it. But it's out of my control. There's a point where daddy can't always fix it. But you know, this is the, the funny thing. Is that if I seek first the kingdom of God and I become pliable to his ways... Our Heavenly Father can figure it all out. He knows exactly how to put you back in to His control. See, being out of control is fine. It doesn't feel good. How many people people would love to control your life? Everything down to to the nines. I better have some hands out here because everybody wants to control their life. But see, this is the thing. If I allow God to do it and I'm less rigid, then now I'm pliable to his ways. I'm pliable to the things that he is showing me to do. And if I'm pliable to the ways he is doing it, he'll navigate me around every single mountain. He'll show me exactly what to do. And he'll also tell us when to speak to our mountain. You know, Mark 11, 23, 24 is there for us to say into this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. If you don't doubt, but you believe. But see, this is the problem is most of us have mountains that we just, okay, I can't go that way. There's a mountain. It's my mountain of finances. Oh, I can't go that way. That's my mountain of family issues. Oh, I can't go that way because I've got a bunch of issues at work. And see, what we do is we keep getting more and more and more bottled up into our own control the way that we want to see it. And then we make our world very, very small. But if we let things be out of our control and we trust God and we're pliable to his ways, then we open up our bottled up world and now we have the whole world. You know, the more I just let go and I let God do his thing, you know, he's going to say, hey, sometimes stop, sometimes go. Sometimes you need to pray about this because your mind is not right. Do you know that you, yourself, has the plans of God between the two of you? You come to me and ask me what the plan of God is for your life, and I'm going to go, go pray. I don't know. But see, you have to delight yourself. You have to wallow around in His ways and go, I'm going to let you cover me up, Lord. I'm going to let you put me in the place that I need to be. I'm going to be flexible in every single area of my life. In verse 5, it says, of Psalms 37, 4, uh, Psalms 37, 5 says, Commit your ways unto the Lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass now i've got to tell you he's going to bring it to pass now does that mean that does that mean that we you know that, that we've got no part to play in that i mean how many people think that god's just going to do it we don't have to do anything can i get any hands up here see that's the way i want that's the way i want it to be i want it to be that god i'm just giving it to you and you go do it but see, there's more to Psalms 37, 4, and 5. In fact, I actually, every time I see these other scriptures, I think of my, my father-in-law Charlie back you know, 30 years ago when I started going to VCF because he used to sing this song. And Charlie used to do his Charlie dance up there on the stage when he was at Victor Christian Fellowship. But this, this is where we're going with this. Psalms 37, 23 through 26 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he will delight in his ways. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. With his hands, with his hands, the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. I mean, this was a song. We did it, right, Charlie? I mean, Charlie and they would rock it out. It would be, you know, bringing down the house. But do you know that at the end of of reading this and understanding what God has for us in our life, we have to understand a couple of things. Because this is not just a... this This is actually under... This is upholding Psalms 37, 4 and 5. Because Psalms 37, 4 and 5 only gives you a piece of what... God's talking about, about being pliable. Because, you know, the Bible wasn't written with scriptures and verses, right? It was a book. How many people read books? Right? Would it be weird in your book if you actually opened up your novel, you know, and it had whatever, whatever or okay, people are pulling up their phone. No, I read it on my phone. But if you had pulled up the, your book that you read, Right now, I'm 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 doing some of the Will of Time books, but if it was like we're going to turn over to, you know, chapter three, verse you know 42, in the Will of Time book, people would go, what in the world? There's numbers. No, that was that was put together about a thousand years ago no less than that, like seven or 800 years ago, in order to make it easier for us to be able to, to see this stuff, to be able to say, hey, go to this place in the book. So this is one thought. Psalms 37 is one contiguous thought. And it says that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, if we're pliable in the Lord, Then he will give us the desires of our heart. And then it tells us that we're, that he will bring it to pass. If we commit, if we wallow in that, then he will bring it to pass. And then to finish off that thought, it says here in Psalms 37 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Okay, well, how are they ordered? See, this is a complete thought. And by the way, and is not in the Hebrew. You, you can go look it up. Go find your Strong's and look it up there because it's really there's no good there. That's why there's a box. But the steps of a man is ordered by the Lord if he delights in his ways. Does that make sense to everybody? See, this was a declarative This was like, hey, you can have the steps of the Lord if you do these things. So we have to understand that I can delight in the Lord. I can have the things God is is showing me. But what I have to do is those steps has to be something that I'm pliable to from God's perspective. The steps of a good man and woman... Are ordered by the Lord. Do you know that. I can actually unorder my steps. I can go down my own path. Oh okay. I'm going down a good path with God. And then all of a sudden. Well I want to go over here. And I go down this path. Do you know that all the steps are. Is God saying. Let's go to the next level. Let's go to the next place. Take that step. Maneuver around this area. Go speak. Go speak. To your mountain. And tell it to be removed and cast out. You know that you have the authority in Jesus. But we have to be able to be pliable. We have to be out of control. Totally just reckless abandonment out of control. And let God get behind the wheel. You know the whole Jesus take the wheel. What was the thing we used to make fun of it because it was like Jesus comes in through the through the window, you know, and grabs the wheel as the guy's crashing. Do you know that that this is a this is an understanding that most people have is that God has a plan for us, plans to prosper us and to give us a hope in the future. How many people that was their favorite scripture? Jeremiah 2911. Man, we had Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven all over everything. Oh. He's got my plan. But guess what? I got to follow the plan. It'd be about like if I was going to go build a house. How many people wants to to buy or build a house here? I've got at least one hand. No, Kaylee, you just bought your house. But it would be like this. It'd be like this. If I was to go and want to go build a house. And I went to an architect, and I had them put drawings together, and everything was ready. And I handed it to the person who was going to go and build my house. And they go, "Ah, eh, we don't need that. It kind of reminds me of Uncle Bo. But anyway, you know, <laughs> Uncle Bo would look at the plan and go, that ain't going to work. And okay, that's what we're going to do. You know, I just, to me, this is one of those things where, most people go, well, yeah, I believe God has a plan for me. God, you just give me everything that I believe and everything that I want and then I'll be blessed in it. How many people, if you know, if, if you know anything about young people, that they would much rather be a, a football star, a basketball star, a TikTok star, a YouTube star, or whatever. And that's what they're believing for. Do you know that my kids, I was talking to them years ago, and I said, you realize that there are people who who can do that. But do you realize that that is one-tenth of one percent of anybody that is in the world? You know, God's plan for your life is not going to be, well, I want to be like my favorite basketball player. Well, if you're talented, you're going to know that that might be something that you can go and do. But it's like, look, I mean, just look at me. How many people would want to see me in the NBA? <laughs> Absolutely not. Dad says he does. He wants to see me get beat up out there, but he, he wants me to make money. Well, I will tell you straight up this is our problem in our society is the fact that most of the time we're looking for the overnight success. You know, I, I've i been very successful in my life. It's been overnight success. You know, 25 years and then now I'm successful. <laughs> Do you know that 10 years ago, you know, I was telling my kids this the other day, I was like, when I first got married, we could afford nothing, okay? Amen. I mean, we literally made it from, from can to cane. not Well, then I started, we had kids, and then it got worse <laughs> because they were expensive. You know, you go try to buy diapers and formula, and it is, woo, astronomical. But my point behind this is, is that about 10 years ago, we started getting into this, like a, oh, it's a place where the kids no longer have to have diapers and formula, and, and we ne- no longer have to pay for daycare, and we no longer have to, there was all these things where it started working its way out. And I thought to myself the other day, because I was talking to Kaylee and Caleb about this, and I said, I said, you know, in your life, if you keep going, you'll win. And in my life, I've just kept going. And you know what? Every single... I mean, I couldn't have paid for a wedding 10 years ago. I couldn't have paid for, you know, cars or, or the house that we're living in or, heck, this ministry. Do you know that that in everything that happens in your life, God is ordering your steps if you're pliable with Him? But most people go... because. And I had this opportunity 10, 15, 20 years ago to say, let's just run up the credit card debt. We we had all kinds of things where it was like, we're going to go pay off any credit card debt we have. You know why? Because it was going to sidetrack me. I would be in a place right now. You know, when I went to go get my education, it was like, oh, well, work will pay for some of it, but I've got to go over a long period of time. I went from a GED to a master's degree in just a short time, 11 years. You know why? Because of the cost. Because I paid it off as I went along. And you know what? Because I stuck with it, I got raises. You know, I was... I'm doing this mentoring program through work. And so I'm the mentor. I've got a mentee. And I was talking to this guy and he was talking to me about where he wanted to be in five years. And I told him, I said, I said, what type of education do you have now? And what type of education do you want to have in the future? And I'm not just talking about college. I'm talking about what do you want to learn today? I don't understand somebody that says, well, I don't want to learn nothing. Well, if you're not learning anything, you're going backwards. Because the world. See God doesn't put us on a, the treadmill of salvation. You know I've heard this explained before. That you're on the treadmill of salvation. And if you ever stop. You backslide until the point. To where you go flipping off of the treadmill. Now you're unsaved. Well I don't believe that. But I do believe that you can apply that to the world. If you don't keep moving. The world. Continues to kick you off the end of it. Do you know that. In every single thing in my life, it was a step. And then it was another step. And you know what? Just because I wanted something different, if I went down my path, if I had tried to control every single little thing, then guess what would have happened? I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And you know what? I'm getting better. And I'm getting better. And I'm getting better at this. Because that doesn't mean that I was perfect every single time. There's been plenty of times I've messed up. But I tell you this because if your steps are being ordered by the Lord, it's because you're being pliable to his ways. He's going to bring you to the place of saying, that's a good step. Let's go to the next one. Verse 24, it says, Though he fall, talking about us, He shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. I have been young and I've been old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful, talking about our father and lends and his descendants are blessed. So I've got got three things I want you guys to understand here. God is merciful in, in the only way that To turn your situation around is to rely upon His mercy. God's mercy will show you the next steps. Sometimes you've got to backtrack. You know, it's okay if you've made a mistake and there's a time where you're trying to get out of your mistake that God's showing you how to do these things. It's okay. Do it. It's okay if God tells you go to college. Probably don't go and take sociology classes, but you can go do all the other classes. Those would be fine. But for the most part, when we look at what God tells us to do, that thing is not that He wants you to do is not trying to rob you of your time. It's trying to teach you what to do with the next step. You know, those 11 years... They seemed like that was a long time when I was doing it. Now I look back at those 11 years and I said, I learned so much. I learned so much. You know, this week I'm going to go and give a talk at a cybersecurity conference. You know that 10, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case because I didn't know anything. Or what I knew, most people didn't know that I knew, and so they were like, hey, I'm not going to have you come talk. You know, 10, 15 years ago, probably y'all wouldn't have showed up and listened to me talk. Do you know that you have to walk the steps? You know, we used to call it street cred. You got to have the street cred, you know? You know, most people think street cred, it's like, oh, well, you know, how many... You know, the drug dealers say it's how much you fought and how much you did all this other stuff. But from my perspective, my street cred was every time I did one little thing, it led to another thing. And it led to another thing. And now my, my pool of things that I do are so much bigger. Like when I was just working on PCs 20 years ago, 25 years ago, That seemed very small, but now I design cybersecurity for all of Southern companies, OT systems. Well, I'm not sitting there trying to, you know, worry about one PC anymore. I'm swimming in a much bigger pool and see, that's what God wants you to understand is that the more you walk in his ways, the bigger the areas get. You just keep growing and growing and he, he's able to trust you. You've got street cred with God. How many people want street cred with God? Absolutely. Do you know that, that if we allow him to, to turn our situation around, we're going to be so much better. In fact, Matthew 9.13 actually says, but go and learn what, what that meaning, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call you, to call the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. I want you to understand something. God is sitting there going, how many people need Him? Well, I need Him in everything. You know, I talk to people all the time. It's like, I don't need God. That's called self-righteousness. Well, guess what? You may not get called if you're self-righteous. See, we have to check our heart and say, God, what is it that you want me to do next? What is it? I got to humble myself. I got to be pliable unto him. Because the moment you say, I don't need you, he's going to go, okay. He's not going to force anything on you. That's why we got to take it out of our own control and put it into his control. Number two, prosperity. Lending is not just money, it's peace and wholeness of mind. 3 John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Do you know that as we prosper, our soul, our health gets better. We get more prosperous in our soul. We get more prosperous in our body. We get more prosperous in or finances and everything. Why? Because if I gave you two options, if you had a prosperous soul and one of them looked really good, it was glittery, it was gold. And then the other one was invest in long-term and your return is going to be 20 years from now. Most, most people whose soul doesn't understand, they're going to go for the, the quick hit. Well, give me the $2,000 now rather than the $200,000 if I waited 20 years. Do you know that that is a, that is a poor man's mentality, actually? If you, if you know to go and do something, to invest and to, and to prosper in a certain way, and you just say, oh, I want the quick hit, then you end up getting into a prosperity issue how do I know this? Because we've got people that are spending all of their paycheck on scratch-off tickets. They've spent 50, 100, 200,000 dollars in their total lifetime, and they've won nothing because they're waiting for the billion dollars. Well guess what? They don't have a prosperous soul. And and I've got people that say, well, i just do it for fun. Okay, if you've got the money, I don't care what you do, right? I mean, absolutely. Go to a Biloxi and blow it all on. on, I mean, if you can feed your kids and yourself and you can pay all your bills, go do it. I don't have a problem. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that the moment that you say, I'm going to go and prosper in a way that has... Oh, I'm going to hit it big this weekend. I don't have to save. I don't have to go to the next level. I'm going to jump 10, 15, 20 levels. Well, if it actually happened to these people who don't have a prosperous soul, we know that most of them are either on drugs. They're dead. They've lost their family. They've lost the money within 18 to 24 months. How many people would like to lose half a billion dollars in 24 months? Woo! I got news for you. I think I've gotten to a place in my life to where if somebody gave me a half billion dollars, I think I'd be okay. 20 years ago, not so much. Because I know how to handle money now. And I'm not going to go play scratch-offs to go, to go prove it. I'm going to take the scratch-off money and I'm going to go put it in a bank. Or I'm going to go take the scratch-off money and I'm going to go put it in an investment. Because a prosperous soul is looking for what is God telling me to do long term. And then number three here it says family begins with you. Be the spark. Galatians 3.26 it says for if ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. That means that in Jesus you've become a part of the family by faith. That means that I'm believing for things for my own family. I'm believing things for you guys. Because y'all are in the family. God is wanting to prosper each and every one of you. Okay, the very end. This is the, I promise I'm landing right here because this is where your homework comes in. How many people like homework? Right? Nobody? I didn't get one hand. What's up with that? I don't understand that. Okay, Habakkuk 2 2. Most people have re- read Habakkuk 2 2 and, and through 2 4. And they're like, yes, I I know that I need to have a vision. But it says here in 2.2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write a vision and make it plain upon uh, tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. See, what I want you to understand here is that when you are looking at a God vision, when you're looking at what God is trying to get to you, then you have to live it by faith. You have to move in his ways and go through his times. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit like Daniel. Daniel was praying, and one time he prayed, and he got an answer. Boom. And then the next time he prayed in like three weeks, he got no answer. And then all of a sudden, the angel shows up and says, Hey, just wanted to let you know the prince of Persia has been contending with me. you know the world is going to try to contend for your answer? That's one of the reasons why I believe it's important what it says here in verse 3. The vision is yet but for an appointed time. You know that I'm working on a vision to become a multimillionaire in my investments. And I am not there yet. And I've been working on that for the last 25 years of my life. Do you know that that is a vision that I'm not stopping? And every single time the market hits or there's another thing that happens, the Lord shows me, okay, move your money, go do something with it. But I'm looking at this from a long term. See, that's only one piece of it. I'm also believing God and looking for a vision for my family so that when my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren come along, that I can put enough word and I can give them enough to where they will be prosperous in God. See, I want Kaylee and Caleb to walk away from my household with enough to be able to believe God for themselves, and that they go teach their kids the Word of God and to believe God for themselves, and that they teach their kids to go believe God. Generation after generation after generation, as far as I can think. But see, that's a vision, and it's not tearing. See, I want you to understand the way these words are here is that you think it's tearing, but he's telling you it's not. This is for an appointed time, but it didn't say it was only one time. You know that when Kaylee and Caleb was born, I actually prayed over them, read them Bible stories, did all of that kind of stuff when they were younger. And then guess what? I did it again. I started praying with them. Heather prayed with them. We went through all of this. And it was because there's scriptures in the Bible that says that if you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they get older, they shall not depart from it. Well, guess what? I trained my kids. Not one time. Because I, I didn't just want it to be just, uh, well, the visions for this just one time. I'm going to teach Caleb one time and then... It's all going to magnify at one point. It's just going to boom, blow up. No, I taught him and I taught him and I taught him and I taught him. And you know what's funny about this is my kids are smarter. They are better workers than I am. You know why? Because I put everything that I knew to put into them. And you know what happens? God multiplies your vision. And he is multiplying my vision right now in my kids. I see them working harder and they are smarter and they have more than I had when I was their age. I can look back at my parents and my parents put into me everything that they knew. And I'm doing more and more than I did when when they were their age. Do you know that that's the way the vision is supposed to be propagated? Is that we continue that vision. And that the next generation has more. And the next generation has more. You know that it won't tarry. It's happening right now. You know that whenever you get a vision for whatever God's putting in your life, you will put into it, He will put into it, and it will continue to grow. And it will prosper and it will grow and it will prosper and it will grow. And see, this is what you need to understand is that there's areas in your life that you need to put vision out there for. That you need to listen to God. In fact, over here on on the right side of this list, it says, listen to God's revelation about what to see. Write the vision down for who it is who the vision is for. Who is the vision for here? The runner. You are the runner. This is not for God. God is not running around after your vision. God's giving you the vision and he's saying, I'm going to show you how to fulfill your vision. And see, this is not natural. This is supernatural. You know how I know it's supernatural? It's because I've seen it happen over and over and over again. In fact, there's a guy and he's, he's a weirdo. So don't, you know, um, most of our actors that are out here, They wrote themselves like $20 million checks and stuff like that. Jim Carrey's one of them. I I heard an interview. And he he talks about the universe. But there is a spiritual principle that no matter who applies it, it's going to happen. He wrote a vision. He put it on his his refrigerator. And every single day, he said, I will make $20 million a movie. He actually wrote a check, put it on, on his refrigerator. And he said, he said, I know that this is beyond natural. This is beyond natural ability. This is beyond natural purpose. This has a supernatural thing to it. It does. Because whenever you get God involved and you do His promises, then He adds the super to your natural. How many people want some super to your natural? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You are the one that's waiting for this appropriate, this appointed time. Be ready. These three areas, this is what Heather and I, when we do the vision, this is typically what we do. We do personal, family, professional, slash ministry. Sometimes we'll do professional, and then we'll do some for ministry. But what I want you to understand is, is that in your personal life, you need to understand your relationships. Your financial prosperity. God cares about that you can pay your bills. He does. You know what? There's scriptures in the Bible. It's like, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Well, he's wanting you to go get some money. He's he's wanting to prosper you. He wants also to prosper your health, your relationships, in your family, your relationships, your activities and your time how many people have a vision for going and taking vacations with your whole family and paying for it all amen hey we're gonna go do some nice things i'm just letting you kids know we're all gonna go do some nice things in my family i'm gonna save up i'm gonna god's gonna show me how to do it We're going to go see things that we didn't see before. We're going to go and have memories that we didn't have before. That's on my vision. Because I want to be able to give to my kids things that I didn't have. Do you know that this is a part of the... I have to have the money and I have to have the time and I have to have the relationship. This is a part of what our vision should be. You can have all the, the time and the money... And then they don't want to be around you. So guess what? Put some, some stuff down about them wanting to be around you. You know, I'm being funny about some of this, but I want you to understand that I've seen this happen in our lives over and over and over again. Put down those things that you thought, oh, it's just mundane. God's into the mundane. He wants you to live your life every single day and he wants you to be in his control and out of your own control professional in ministry this is one of those areas guess what how many people can do this everybody can do this okay it means you're alive there's two things you can do you can work and you can minister okay i don't care if you're a minister of reconciliation i don't care if you know, if you're putting food out here in the back for people to have in the, for breakfast, I don't care if you come and clean up. I don't care if you stand up here on stage and you're singing. I don't care if you go to your work and you start preaching and praying and talking with people. You have a ministry. You have the ability to work. Work is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, you talk to most people nowadays and you say, work, and they go, what is that? I don't know what work is. I mean, go to all the fast food places. There's only one guy running around doing one thing, okay? Everybody else is at home going, I really wish, the, the, I really wish they had more workers over there at the full moon. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I want my barbecue to come out faster. So if you're watching and you're not working, go to full moon so I can come over there and get me some barbecue. But what I want you to understand is that every single thing in our life, we have the ability to work. If you can do this, then you can minister and you can work. And here's a couple areas. You can be influential with people. How many people feel influential? Can I give i got one i got two do you know that most people go i don't influence anybody you know why it's because they this right here their mind is too focused on other things they don't actually see the people around them that they're affecting oh i find people are influencing people all the time mostly for the bad You know that when you influence people, it's not always going to be good. But see, God wants us to make it good. God wants our vision and our plan to be something that carries and lingers in other people. You know, i got people at work that will come talk to me and I don't even realize I'm ministering to them. They just come to me and I start talking to them and they say, hey, You know, the other day I was having this conversation with my wife or with my daughter or whatever. And we'll just have a conversation about it. It's not like, hey, I want you to pray or I want you to do anything. And oftentimes God will tell me something to tell them. And they go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go try that. But I didn't go, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's get some praise and worship going up here so that I can pray for this guy. That's not the way God's wanting us to live our life. God doesn't want there to be a moment. God wants there to be life. He wants there to be relationship. You know, I've had more people that told me 20 years later that all the conversations that we had back when they were making fun of me for being a Christian led them to start going to church. I can name five right now that I worked with. And they've come to me and said, you know, those those days where we would sit there and we'd mess with you because you were all Mr. Jesus dude? It spoke to me. I started realizing I needed that in my family. I started realizing that my belief wasn't as strong as what I thought it should be. And they went and they started... Living the life of God for themselves. Who cares if somebody makes fun of you? You're planting a seed. You know this. I'm I'm stopping right here, okay. But I want you to understand something. How many people has has planted anything, right? Every most yeah everybody's done that, right? Um, How many people use fertilizer? Okay. How many people's had fertilizer under their fingernails and it was there for days and you could smell it? Like you, oh my gosh. It's like, I don't even want to pick up my chicken, you know, to eat it. Well, okay. So I'm going to give you an example here. And this is just a, a worldly example. Well, if you go dig in the dirt and you plant a seed, then you're going to smell like chicken crap for a couple of weeks or a couple days. Whatever that fertilizer was is going to be up under your fingernails. Well, if you go plant a seed in the world, they're going to make fun of you. If you go plant a seed anywhere, they're going to give you the eye roll. If you go plant a seed in other people, they're going to say, oh, I don't need that. Well, guess what? You're going to leave and you're going to go, man, that just, man, I got, I got fertilizer up under my fingernails. I felt bad about that situation. Well, you know, you don't feel so bad six, eight, ten weeks later when the fruit comes up, right? Because it doesn't smell like fertilizer. It's been 20 years for some of the people that I put seeds in that they made fun of me and called me the Jesus dude or whatever. And then they come to me 20 years later and they go, I have fruit in my life because you decided to to go beyond what I was making fun of you for. You decided to live it in a way that I didn't, that I couldn't see in anybody else that I was around. You know what? It's worth getting your hands dirty and smelling like fertilizer. You have a purpose. You are influential. Just because somebody gives you a, oh, That's just an old way of thinking. They're listening. Keep planting seeds. Keep digging up rocks. Write that vision down for those people. I'm telling you something practical because I want you to live it. Go and take and write their names down. And you put down beside them, Lord, open their heart. Change their hardened heart. And make it soft again. Bring them to a place of peace. You can go ahead and turn on. I just want you, you all to sit down and think about these people. Think about, your, think about your ministry. But think about all the family members and the people you work with. You are going to change your world. But you have to be pliable. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that everybody in here does this. That they, that, that Lord, you just don't let up on them. That they write their vision and they make it plain upon a piece of paper. See, we have, the, we actually have tablets nowadays. I have my iPad. I will make it plain on my iPad. They will make it plain on their phones. They'll make it plain on whatever it is that they write it down upon. That each and every one of them are going to see the vision. That they're going to delight. They're going to be pliable. And that you're going to give them your desires. And that when they commit to it, that they wallow in it, Father. That They just go, man, that vision is so much a part of me that now I'm going to go live it. That, Father, you're going to bring about the ability for them to be able to change people's lives and to be able to change their world. I thank you, Father, that they're going to write down things for their family. They're going to write down that they're all going to go on vacations this year, Father. I just pray in the name of Jesus, you're heaping the opportunities and money for them to be able to go and do awesome things. I pray in Jesus' name that you are just, you're prospering their finances and their health. That, Father, in the midst of all of this inflation and all of this these issues that are happening in our markets, that, Father, they are going to be more prosperous at the end of all this than, than the world is. I thank you, Father, that your economy outweighs the world's economy. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that when they see this, that every day they take a look at it and they speak the name of Jesus and they say, I speak this over my family. I speak this over my job. I speak this over my ministry. I speak this over my money. I speak this over my health that by Christ Jesus stripes, I was healed. And if I was healed, that means that I am health. That Father, that they come up with their own way of being able to express themselves. But you're giving them the plan, the vision, and the purpose. Father, we just thank you for it. I pray, dear Lord, that as they go out this week, that you're just blessing and prospering them. Father, I just pray for a great week for each and every person at the sound of my voice. Pray this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, I'll be down here at the at the front to pray with you. But y'all have a great week. Thank y'all.